the Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodzy. Yes, welcome to another edition of the Round Ball with Dom and Dodzy for another Wednesday night. Dom Renato and Travis Dodd here. And uh, Travis, very exciting stuff. Besides you playing Candy Crush to prepare for this show, it is very exciting because the seasons uh, to kick off are getting closer and closer. Tell you what, if there were Candy, Ca- Candy Crush championships, <laughs> I could make a living out of that. Your I kids that play Candy Crush. No, you they don't. should not be playing Candy Crush they're, at your age. They're Sorry. Too, they're too young for you. You must crush. be bored. No. That's all I can well, say. Well, I have to listen to you, so do you blame me? Anyway. Oh, hello. Is it exciting to be back? Yes, it is. Absolutely. We started training at Metro uh, last week, so we've got the boys. No contact, though, was there? No so, contact. So how, how do you manage that when you can't do that? So what we do is we go down to the uni loop by the zoo and we get them to run. Oh, the track. wow. Remember those? You used to <laughs> yeah. hate doing that. Yep. You hated yeah. it. Well, I'm not the coach, so I don't have any input. So when people that. don't want to do it, do you have pity on them? Because you used to, you'd you think to yourself, yeah, I didn't like doing that either. Yeah, don't worry about it. Well, actually, as it turns out, um, I'm joining in with the players for the running. So <laughs> the, I'm just making sure that they actually do it. I don't believe I go, that. I stay at the back of the pack, way at the back of the pack. Yeah, I believe that. Get some binoculars and just <laughs> trail them to make sure that they're doing when it. You so, were, and the, uh, when you were at Adelaide United, you used to blow a it after two laps. Yeah, that was walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, we're back back at training. Uh, really looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, we can get back to to contact training next week. Yeah. Uh, we've heard rumours that that will be brought forward. So that'd be fantastic. So that we can actually get out and and kick the ball in anger because it is difficult. Uh, not that we've attempted it yet, but to try and do the the self isolation, I guess, social distancing drills. Uh, I, guess I find that as weird, though. I mean, you know, social distancing on a field, I just don't understand that, how you can do that. Not saying playing a game, but that just to me sounds a bit stupid. Yeah. I mean, look at the AFL players. They're, they're, I mean, they're contact now, and they, touch, they actually touch the ball. You, you know, in soccer, you kick the ball, you don't touch it, but in the AFL, they actually touch the ball, and another guy touches the ball, yet that's okay. Well, can you explain? No, I can't. Okay. I don't, I that's all right. don't know the egg ball game, but uh, <laughs> my understanding that, that the professional sports are – on accelerated uh, track is because... Yeah, but that's pressure. But, yeah, they're also in a professional environment where they've got access to to more stringent testing. They've got uh, better, I guess, quality controls in terms of uh, sanitising all the equipment and on a regular basis. So from some point of view, I can understand that, but uh, it would be great given, particularly with South Australia, how well we are tracking uh, to to bring things forward. Yeah, maybe the AFL players should have hand sanitised in their shorts every time they touch the ball, they wipe their hands. What do you reckon? Would that work? Probably not. Oh, okay. But anyway, good suggestion. We're going to catch up with the CEO of uh, Football South Australia shortly too, by the way, Michael Carter. He's been keeping us up to date over these uh, last few months uh, about when the season's about to start, and I think he might have some good news for us maybe. Well, you can certainly Maybe. hope so. Certainly hope so. Um, we are. We have heard whispers about a, a return to, to playing date, so early early July. So I'd love to get some confirmation on that from Michael. And so, when would the season finish then? If you start in early July, when would that finish? By when? Well, depending on the the proposals that have been sent out to the clubs. Um, but my understanding is that uh, it it could go as late as the 
end of November. Wow, which into is su- really, just about into summer. Yeah, or uh, it could go, I think, around October. Wow, we. Yep, it's uh, certainly different times. So we'll catch up with uh, Michael shortly. Also tonight, we're going to have a chat to uh, Simon Hill. He'll be keeping us up to date with uh, not only the National League, we know what's going on in the local league. Uh, still haven't heard a lot of. That's one thing we haven't heard a lot of. You know, in the AFL and the NRL, you hear a lot about what's going on and they keep you up to date. But the uh, A League, you don't really hear a lot about what is going on, only just sort of drip feeding you. Well, it's getting beyond a joke now, yeah. I think, with, uh, with the FFA and their lack of communication. Uh, I've been reading comments on social media that uh, even the, the Hyundai A-League's own website hasn't been updated for over a month. So uh, Maybe not well, a lot any, of them might have been put off. That's well, not, not getting there. any content out there. And I just cannot understand how AFL and NRL are so far advanced, yeah. yet we're still here twiddling our thumbs. What do you think that's the case? Right, people just not up to it and doing the job? What's going on? Well, I would love to love to actually find out some information and maybe uh, our other guest tonight, um, Eugene Galekovic, will have some insight into that. But it's it's frustrating because, you know, we, we want to be uh, a big code in Australia, yet we're lacking behind massively when yep. it comes to this and, and the leadership shown in this. Very sad. Well, we'll see what Simon has to say about that because I know he tells it as it is. We'll speak to him also tonight. And as you mentioned, uh, uh, Eugene Galekovic, the former Adelaide goalkeeper, nowadays one of the coaches there. And uh, I think they're back in training, aren't they? The uh, Are they back in training, the A-League? Well, who would know? Yeah, because we don't know. We, yeah. We're kept in the dark here. There's yeah, a blindfold here at the moment. I can't see anything. Someone switched the light on. Well, it's crazy. I think even with that, even in terms of Adelaide United, there hasn't been much no. much said about their return to training. There's certainly been nothing uh, in the media about that locally. We're not good at that, are we, in our game? We're not very good at sort of spreading the information about what's going on, keeping people up to date with what's going on. No, I mean, particularly when you've got uh, fans out there that have that have paid their dues, they've paid their subs for the year, the memberships, uh, they're at least entitled to be kept up to date with what's happening yeah. at a very minimum. Yeah, sad. But overseas, uh, of course, they're, the EPL, that, that should be going soon, which is great. The Bundesliga, I know that start. I've been watching that on a regular basis over the weekend. Our good friend Matthew Lecky missed out playing again, again over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago, he said, yep, I'll be back. Unfortunately, since they've been back, he hasn't even been on the bench. But uh, And they had a very good 4-0 win over their uh, uh, rival, in fact, uh, on the weekend, 4-0. And uh, it's going to be hard for him to get back into the side. Well, they're starting to find their form again. They've had a couple yeah. of good results since uh, since the break. So uh, they're staving off or fighting relegation. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, save themselves uh, by the end of the season. And I can't remember which. Was it Much and Gladbach who had uh, sort of cutouts of their supporters in the, in the, in the stands? Was it that uh, I don't know if it was them or Dortmund. No, I reckon uh, it might have been Borussia Much and Gladbach. I reckon they 13, might have. 13,000? 13,000 yeah. supporters? Yeah. <laughs> what a great idea that is and I think they paid something like 30 bucks to get it to get, you know, to get their photo there and because I saw the highlights on the I think it was last night actually they had the Bundesliga highlights and it was just it was like there were people there but they didn't move well it's great uh, initiative from the club as well yeah. it's a bit of a revenue raiser uh, it's great for the fans to be able to support their clubs but I was also watching uh, some K-League uh, over the weekend and it is it's funny listening to 
the sound effects going through the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the sound effects of the oohs and the ahs. But it is a good time. idea, though, isn't it? I mean, let's face it, there's no crowd there, so for, for watching television, at least the atmosphere sounds like there's an atmosphere still. Well, I don't know. It was diffi- you don't like it? It's still difficult to watch. You know, so, really? Uh, yeah, I watched... Uh, I watched You're a hard man to Pohang, please. Pohang Steelers uh, with our my mate there, Brandon O'Neill, um, got his second start. Unfortunately, they went down to Suwon, 2-1, uh, late in the game. So We'll try and catch up with those bikes over the, uh, the coming weeks as well because they're doing well. <clears throat> playing in Asia. So uh, lots to talk about on the uh, round ball. We're going to have a short break right now, but on the other side of the break, uh, more local, uh, we're going to catch up with the uh, CEO of uh, Football South Australia, Michael Carter, and he will bring us up to date with what's happening and when it's starting in the local NPL. You're listening to the round ball with Dom and Dodsey. It's all thanks to Flight Centre South Australia. Don't forget, if you're planning a holiday, and pretty soon, hopefully we can, you can call your local Flight Centre travel expert on 131600 and Hyundai, their end of season financial sale is on right now you got to see it to believe it back after this on SENSA the round ball with Dom and Dodsey for Flight Centre best in the air and everywhere and Hyundai enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback Yes, uh, welcome back to the Round Ball on a Wednesday night. Don Renato and Travis Dodd with you, as you heard. Thanks to our good friends at Hyundai and also our uh, good friends who hopefully will get back in the air, Flight Centre South Australia. But things are, Travis, as we know, slowly getting back to normal and we've been waiting for it. But uh, as far as the football's concerned, we always check in with the CEO of uh, Football South Australia, uh, Michael Carter, to find out a bit more. Michael, once again, thanks for joining us. How are you, Dom? Yeah, yeah, hey, do, Michael. Doing pretty good, mate. What about you? How have you been going two weeks after we spoke to you? Are you better now? I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of dates in my head. <laughs> um, but, no, no, we're going well, thank you. We, we're slowly inching our way back to um, some normality, which is great. Yeah, well, that's the reason why we want to uh, keep in touch is uh, the normality. Uh, where, where are we up to at this stage? So everybody's back to training, um, from uh, which has been good. So they've been back since the, since the 11th of May. Um, from the 1st of June, uh, we're going to be able to resume contact training. We're not sure the exact numbers at this stage in terms of what's going to be permitted, uh, but I will know probably uh, by the time we, you guys finish air tomorrow, uh, tonight. Um, so uh, we will know more at that stage. And then in terms of return to play, it appears that the 25th of June is going to be the date um, for the majority. Uh, but we've flagged with the semi-professional competition that um, will return on the 4th of July. Now, Michael, I, I understand that proposals have been sent out to the clubs uh, for upcoming yep. fixtures. Uh, what does that look yes. like in, uh, in terms of moving forward for finishing off the season? There's about four different options that have gone out. One uh, with a pure home and away season with no final series. Um, and then a couple of other options which basically have a series of midweek games followed by a final series and a completion of the season early to mid-November. Now, is this going to be the consensus of the clubs uh, based on how we move forward or ultimately will FSA have the the final say on uh, on how the league proceeds? Uh, We've gone out to consult with all the clubs. We've got a meeting uh, tomorrow night um, with the club chairman to get their feedback. Um, there'll be varying views, there's no doubt about it, um, and it will likely uh, be the case that it'll probably be split um, 50-50 between a number of options. I guess we'll have to have the final say in terms of what that's going to look like, 
but hopefully we do get a clear majority. Now, four rounds were played before we had the uh, the closure. Are you going to complete the full rounds of uh, of the season? That's what's proposed, correct. So 22 rounds plus a final series or no final series, whichever the clubs of uh, um, whichever the clubs prefer. Now, Michael, we've also seen in the news that uh, the the state government have have come to offer some uh, funding to the FSA. Uh, how how far is that down the track, and is that likely to go ahead? Yes, yeah, so we've made a couple of representations to the state government and to Treasury, um, and thankfully they've come uh, back to us with a positive message. They're going to uh, provide funding to the tune of $490,000 in support of clubs, which is great. Uh, we're working on the mechanics of that now. Um, we'll hopefully we have an announcement within the next sort of seven to ten days exactly what that's going to look like, but it will be certainly be uh, fee relief for clubs and associations. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, is it contingent on uh, providing that relief and uh, I guess early days in that respect, but uh, have you got internally what that looks like? I think the article was probably uh, (laughs) a little bit off the track. It's not contingent on anything. Um, We put forward proposals to provide that that, uh, funding relief. Uh, and that's come to fruition, which is great. And that's exactly what it's designed to be and to do. And we will be passing that on. Yeah, that's terrific news. By the way, how many clubs, uh, or have you heard of, have been affected uh, deeply by this? Any clubs uh, c- uh, close to closing doors or what have you? Uh, what, what news have you got on that? Oh, look, I think everybody's been hit pretty hard with, with the closure. Um, obviously, there's been a quite a great deal of expense incurred, given that we're four weeks into the season. Um, uh, there are some clubs who are hurting, there's no doubt. I haven't heard of any clubs that are closing their doors, which is good. I haven't heard of any clubs that aren't prepared to come back to the uh, to the competition and resume. So that is also good. Um, some of the clubs have been able to access some of the government relief packages that are around, uh, which is positive. Um, and, you know, I think everybody's looking after their own little patch and making sure that they can reopen the doors and get back to some normality. Now, Michael, you said that hoping for a, a kickoff for the for the NPL competition for 4th of July. Uh, is that yeah. with or without spectators, or is that still uh, up in the air at this stage? It, it is. It is still uh, a little unknown, um, but... Uh, I think at this stage we're up to 80 allowed. Uh, whether that includes the players or not, I'm not sure. But we're pretty confident that even if there is a a, a, a period where spectators aren't permitted, uh, it will only be a sh- for a short period and then we'll have limited numbers. So we're trying to work with the government to ensure that we can return with spectators from the get-go and that's why we've delayed that date to July the 4th to give us a little bit of time. Um, and hopefully we can achieve that because we know how important that is for the clubs to be able to generate revenue either through the gate, through the canteen or through the bar. Um, so it's tracking in the right direction. Well, absolutely. I know if it's 80, 80 spectators... I know is that about from normal? A, from a Metro's <laughs> perspective, that's, uh, that sh- we should be right. Actually, that's maybe more than you need really, isn't it? <laughs> well, everyone has been finding it tough, but it's good. And I'm sure you, more than anyone, uh, Michael, because this would have been uh, a logistical nightmare to every week, everything changes, but uh, getting everything back to normal. What about at your place at the uh, Football South Australia? Were many jobs affected there? Uh, well, we stood down probably 85% of the staff. We're starting to bring those back, uh, some individual staff members back. Um, but at this stage, there's 
there's no major changes. But yes, it's been disruptive to everybody. Um, the office has been shut, everyone's been working from home, and we're looking forward to getting back there. I'm sure once you do, you'll just sit back and maybe have a quiet red. Might go on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll join you. Not until the end of the season. <laughs> Uh, Not till the end of the season. Yeah, you're going to hang around till then. Good on you, Michael. Keep up the good work, buddy. I know you've been working tirelessly, but pretty soon we'll be back on deck, and thanks for your time again. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Travis. Cheers, Michael. CEO of uh, Football South Australia, Michael Carter. That would have been ahead, you know what, having to every week, every day trying to... I don't know. No, you don't, because you don't work for a living, as some of us do, but uh, having to deal with (laughs) clubs and keeping clubs happy, and uh, everyone's been hurting, but... uh, I'm sure that uh, Michael uh, has his finger on the pulse and let's hope everything is, does get back to normal. Well, definitely. And I think that the biggest, probably the biggest issue, well, contentious point will be now moving forward for the FSA is putting out these options to the clubs because yeah. with so many clubs, you're going to have so many differing uh, opinions on how they want to proceed with the season. Some uh, include finals, some don't include finals. So it'll be very interesting to see what that consensus actually looks like. Well, you uh, are involved with Metro Stars. Uh, I don't know if you've discussed this about the options. What would your option be to well, continue the season? What would you, if it was up to you, what would you say? Well, well, we we haven't discussed it as, at this point in time. Um, so the options are to play the just the, the regular season or the full season with finals. So we already know that there's not going to be any cup games, which uh, we we've accepted. But uh, I think a lot of it will depend on the length of the season and, and how long that goes for because there's potential for it to go right up until the end of November, which I think is too late. Would you like to see first past the post? Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I reckon that'll be interesting. I mean, if the rest of the world do it that way, let's face it. Yeah, they do. Uh, I guess it's foreign for us. That's that's the only thing. So it's getting your head around that. And it would be interesting to see the mindset of clubs and players knowing that there's no final season. So if you're, yeah. you know, around fifth or sixth with no no hope of challenging for first place, you know, what's the mindset there? You, you're safe from relegation. You're no chance of winning the, the championship. What? How do you proceed with that? All right. Well, uh, we'll find out in the coming uh, days, most probably, what how that all pans out. But uh, don't go away, because right after the break, we're going to catch up with uh, Simon Hill, talk uh, more national football and also international football. You're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. Thanks to Flight Centre South Australia. And, of course, Hyundai, the uh, end of financial year is on now. Uh, you are got to see it to believe it. Back after this. On SENSA, The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai, enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. And welcome back to the Round Ball with uh, Dom and Dodsey, as you've heard, thanks to Flight Centre South Australia and also Hyundai, Dom Renato and Travis Dodd here with you. And uh, now it's uh, time to uh, check in on one of our favourites. Travis, we were talking about earlier about we don't hear much uh, with what's going on in the A-League, yet there's a lot of info about the AFL and the NRL. I'm sure this guy's not going to be surprised to hear that, and that is uh, Simon Hill. Simon, always good to talk to you, buddy. How are you guys? You all right? Hey, Simon. Yeah, we're still here, mate. We're still. How's it going with you, by the way, in Sydney Town? Uh, all good? No virus? Yeah, no virus. 
uh, thankfully, but uh, yeah, just uh, you know, rather bored without football, and uh, it's kind of chilly here as well because it's winter. So normally this time of year, I'm heading back to the UK for summer. But uh, anyway, there we go. Yeah, well, you're still stuck here with us for a while, there, Simon. Hey, we met, we met, Travis yeah. and I were talking earlier. There's uh, a lot of info just about daily, really, about the uh, AFL and the uh, NRL. But for some unknown reason, we don't get a lot of information about what's going on in the A League. Uh, can you enlighten us, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I wish I could. Um, Are you surprised? What... Well, a little bit. Um, look, I sort of understand it in a way. I think, you know, we all know that uh, a lot of it hinges on what's happening with the TV deal. I can't give you any insight into what's going on with that because I don't know. Um, but really, if we're going to complete the season, uh, then I think a decision has to be made pretty soon. Because player contracts, as we all know, are, or a lot of them anyway, are up at the end of May, which is the end of this week, basically. Yep. So I think we've got to be getting pretty close. Um, you know, the lack of information, well, I think in part that's because, uh, you know, there's, there's not that many journalists left to try and sniff them out. <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there's not many football media left. Wow. Let's be brutally honest about it. And it's, you know, it's a serious point. Uh, it, it's, it's a very sad indictment on the failure of the game over the last three, two or three years. And I reeled these names off um, on another radio show a couple of weeks ago. Over the last three or four years, we have lost, and the first two through, through no fault of our own, obviously Les Murray and Mike Cockrell, who passed away. Uh, Seb Hassett's moved on. Um, uh, Daniel Garb has left Fox Sports. Carly Adno has left Fox Sports. Davutovich. And Kemp is working for a different organisation now, not writing about football. David Davutovich has left the Herald Sun. Matt Winley left the Herald Sun. Um, Ray Gatt has left the Australian. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty long list. Wow. And not a lot of people have been replaced. Um, so, why is know, that, though, <laughs> Simon? Why is that the case that so many, I mean, I know some of them have left on their own accord, but why is it that we're losing all these guys? Well, as I said, it's, you know, the failure of the game to, to make progress. Um, if, if there's, uh, you know, not enough interest in the game, then obviously, you know, when people sort of leave by, uh, you know, natural um, wastage or, they, you know, people are made redundant or they move on to different jobs, uh, not in the normal course of, of things, people would be replaced. But in our sports... That hasn't been the case. And I, I think there's a reason for that. And it's, it's really a damning indictment on, on the failure of the game over the last two or three years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's why our leaders uh, this time, uh, at this particular point in time, must get things right. The game has to start moving in the right direction. You know, we've had paralysis by, by governance uh, war over the last three years. A failure to produce an overarching plan to take this game forward, and I'm not just talking about the FFA here, I'm talking about the clubs, member feds, everybody. You know, everybody's got to come together. We've said this goodness knows how many times, and create a proper strategy to get this game moving forward. And at the moment, we're still waiting. Simon, uh, we've seen recently Lucas Neal has come out of hibernation and is joining this golden generation group about the, or the what is it, the starting the 11? Yeah, starting yeah, 11. starting 11. So do, you, do you actually see that as having any meaningful impact or is it just another group put together to try and uh, <laughs> pacify the people for, uh, Bells and for a little bit longer? Yeah, I, I, I understand your cynicism, Trap. Um, <laughs> do you blame us? <laughs> look, I think, 
I think on one level, it, it's it's good that the golden generation are using their profile and their celebrity, for want of a better word, to actually open discussions about the future of the game. I think that's a good thing. I, I think it's really good that they're starting this conversation or at least bringing it out into the open. Um, in terms of the starting level, and by the way, it's great to see Lucas Neal back involved with the game, however you know small that level might be. Um, he's been away from the game for too long. In terms of the starting 11 and... You know, the latest of these committees to be put together, well, yeah, great, fantastic. Um, you know, I have no doubt that a lot of these guys through their experience will have a lot to offer. But again, without a strategic plan and more importantly, the finances to put in place whatever it is, you know, that they decide or recommend, it's it's all just hot air, isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's i don't mean that to be dismissive of what the ffa have done i think it's i think it's great they're bringing these guys back into the fold but do they have any teeth do they have any actual finance to be able to put into place any programs that they might recommend or, or you know new things i i don't know mm. um it's, it, it all hinges upon you know what it looks like for the game going forward post covid19 and at the moment we're you know, we're in the dark. We're, we're grasping around for answers. And really, it's incumbent upon the game's leaders to, to start to provide them pretty soon. That's exactly right, Simon. Now, we've seen that they, the golden generation are talking about the promotion relegation, the, the development mm -hmm. of youth in this country, which we will know. But it's, it's great to have these ideas. But like you've said, if there's no money involved, then it's impossible to implement. My question is going to be, Regarding Vaduka and Lucas Neal, are we going to need the coach to, to maybe break up a couple of quarrels there? Because Vaduka was pretty harsh on uh, Lucas uh, in a chat with Optus Sports. Yeah, that was yeah. interesting. Oh, come on, Trav. I mean, look, you know, and it's the same in any workplace. You know, you have certain colleagues that you like and get on with and maybe go for a beer with, and there's, there's others that you don't necessarily get along with. Yeah, but you don't tell um, the media. Why, that's why you've never had a well, beer with me true. then, Simon, is it? <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. That's well, how it is. And that's why I was omitted from your YouTube music clip. Now it's yep. all starting to make sense. Simon smashes you at every moment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, look, I think it's, I think it's good that, uh, you know, Dix was honest. Um, but I, I think we need more of it. Let, you know, let's hear some of those stories. Let's let's get things out in the open. It's, it's starting a conversation yeah. about football. And we don't have enough of those. You guys do a great job down there. Um, but in terms of the mainstream, we are, uh, let's be brutally honest about this, we're ignored to yeah. a large degree. Uh, and if, if the golden generation guys who do have that, uh, you know, that, that voice because of, of their celebrity and they can get things out into the open, the fact that we're talking about it is, uh, I suppose, a success by degrees, whether you, you know, agree with what he said or not. Uh, at least the conversation is out there and we're starting to talk about the game. Absolutely. Let's spice it up a bit. Just getting back to the uh, the mainstream media, do you, does football get much of a mention there in the Sydney papers or zilch? No. no. Well, I wouldn't say zilch, but... A tad. It, there's not a lot uh, at the moment. And, and to be fair, that's because there's, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to talk about at the moment. Um, but you can imagine, you can imagine... If this was in your city and this was the AFL, the situation that the game was in, this would be front page, back page, on the TV stations, on the radio networks. Yeah. Everybody will be saying what needs to be done. Everybody's opinion will be sought. Uh, everybody will be discussing it. Uh, we just operate in some sort of 
netherworld. Uh, you know, we're just left to our own devices at the moment. And as I, you know, I repeat, the fact that we don't have an awful lot of football journalists left to actually drive this conversation is a damning indictment yeah. on what's gone on over the last few years. And, you know, sometimes I wonder with football people whether they're happier with uh, uh, that state of affairs. You know, whether things can be done behind closed doors without too much scrutiny. But that's not healthy. That's not healthy for um, a vibrant football community. Uh, that Those power should be held to account. And at the moment, they're not being... And that's wrong. And I, look, I'm not talking about James Johnson because he's, he's new to the job. You know, perhaps even uh, to a large degree, not, not the new FFA board because they've not been in place very long. But somebody somewhere has to be accountable for what's going on, um, which is very little at the moment. Maybe we'll get some answers over the next week or two. I don't know. But at some point, they've got to make a decision as to whether this season is going to be finished. And once that's dealt with... What happens next season? When does it start? How many clubs are we having? Are we implementing a Division 2? What's happening with the salary cap? What's happening with the W League? Etc, etc, etc. There's an awful lot of questions and unfortunately just a whole lot of tumbleweed in response at the moment. <laughs> yeah, excellent. I was just going to finish off that <coughs> on that. Uh, two, a lot of questions, hardly any answers. Just before I let you go, uh, Simon, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you the last time. Uh, we actually spoke, and if I did, uh, forgive me, but Mark Schwarzer came out and said we really should have just one federation, not federation in mm. every state. What's your view on that? Well, uh, to, a, to a large degree, I agree with him. Um, and that's not to say that we we just uh, you know disband the state federations lock, stock and barrel. I think at the moment the current process is, is disjointed. And I'll, I'll give you one example. Uh, over the weekend, Football Queensland came out and said, we're conducting a consultation process. Have your say as to what football looks like post-2020. And I thought, well, actually, on one level, that's really good. I'm, I'm not criticising the consultation process. But if Football Queensland are doing that, and I know Football Victoria did the same about 18 months ago, and football in Canberra and Perth and Adelaide are do, you know, doing exactly the same thing, we're going to end up with nine different plans. And uh, what good does that do the game? We need one central plan. I think there's a lot of duplication. Uh, I think there's a, 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 a governance structure that doesn't particularly work. I think it needs a, a big review. Now, personally, I would, I would say we need state advisory boards with professional management in each state. But really, the current structure has passed its sell-by date. Um, and again, you know, there's a lot of people who work in the state federations. I'm not saying all of them. I think a lot of them do a lot of good work, but, uh, you know, who are they? And, and basically, they're the people who decide the future of the game. They hold 58% of the vote in the Congress. So th this has got to change. Um, we had a governance review, I know, 18 months ago, but my opinion, it didn't go far enough. I think it needs a total review, and we need a new structure. We need one voice speaking for the game. Yeah, good on you, Simon. That's why we love you, mate. It makes a lot of sense, and let's hope... I, mean, I don't know how many years we've been talking about this, but it seems like it's uh, an ongoing uh, thing, isn't it? Every year we talk about the same thing, which is well, not always we're great. We're not doing it in 10 years' time, Dom. Yeah, I know we do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Simon, always good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for your time, and enjoy yourself uh, tonight, mate. Have a good one. Pleasure, guys. Have Cheers, a good Simon. week. It's uh, Simon Hill from, uh, of course, uh, Fox Sports, so one of the, if not the best commentator in the country, but he makes a lot of sense, doesn't he? We just, 
seem to shoot ourselves in the foot all the time. Every time we think we're going to get it right, it just falls over again. Yeah, that's right. And and the the biggest thing I took out of that is if we're doing it in 10 years' time, if oh. we're having these conversations, I'm going to have to bring the microphone to the nursing home to visit you. <laughs> oh, dear. You could be right. You could be right. And I'll, we'll be talking about the same bloody thing over and over again. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to talk Aussies abroad shortly. Still to come also Eugene Galekovic. You're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. All thanks to Flight Centre South Australia. And, of course, Hyundai. Back after this. On SENSA, The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. And around the home turn, we do come the round ball with uh, Dom and Dodds. All thanks to our good friends at Hyundai. Hyundai's end of financial year sale is on right now. Uh, you can you got to see it to believe it. Of course, we're already nearly the end of May. Amazing where the years disappeared, and just about to the uh, middle of the year there, uh, Trav. Now uh, we're going to catch up with Eugene Galekovic very very shortly from Adelaide United. But a lot of things to talk about the women's game. Thanks to SA Power Networks empowering women's football here in South Australia and our good friend uh, Sam Kerr who's of course there in England I think they've uh, canned the uh, the season there haven't they? They have yeah the, the, the league has decided How many that games have they had left? Uh, only a couple oh, they only had well, a couple left sense. but um, it was close it was close total race uh uh, Manchester City were on top I I believe uh, and Chelsea yep. were second yep. with Arsenal third, Man United fourth. So there was only one point between first two. So wow. Chelsea also had a game in hand. So if they go to a points wow. points per game uh, count back, well then Chelsea could come away with the bickies. But the the difficulty with all this is that I see is that you've got players that have that have gone over there now. Uh, Caitlin Ford went to Arsenal. Uh, depending on the the term of their contracts, and yeah, this is potentially a big payday for them and you've got coronavirus so the income's potentially impacted now and moving forward their incomes could potentially be impacted so it's a real shame if they're going over in the prime of their careers and and they can't really make the most of the the financial opportunity absolutely well uh, we'll see uh, that's pretty tough luck though isn't it well, you can't do anything about it that's just the way it is and here locally I believe that the uh, the local league and the uh, women's NPL that's been canned is that right for the uh, season That that's I not going ahead I haven't heard that to meant to ask that uh, with uh, to Michael Carter but that's what I heard that uh, they're going to be suspending well not suspending just calling it off until uh, next season uh, but let's hope uh, <clears throat> things do pan out for the W League I mean we don't even know what's going on in the A League but let's hope that comes back well the w- that's in jeopardy the W League? Yeah. No, can't be. be all right. uh, based on uh, based on last week's guest, uh, Jane Fernandez, yeah, uh, well and with Australia New Zealand bidding for the Women's World Cup, you cannot have the World Cup without, without a, a league. professional league. Well, we call it a professional league, but it's it's be honest. Let's be honest. It's not a professional league because they don't play enough games. Sure. So so hopefully they can get the the World Cup and it grows the game and you know, makes more Australia more of a an enticing place for these uh, internationals to come and play. That could be the saviour for the W League is the uh, Women's World Cup because you're right, you can't have a Women's World Cup without a uh, a local league. But let's hope, I mean, that's been going so well. Let's hope it continues and it gets even bigger, really. I know Cause... it's it's semi-related, but can you have a Women's World Cup without having a professional men's no. league? No. 
Without a men's league? Yeah, without the A-League. The Women's World Cup without the A-League? Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I mean, I think that might be a different kettle of fish, but who knows? I don't know. Who are we to say? Um, what about um, the Spanish League? I believe that's uh, not far off kicking off in a couple of weeks' time. We know the Bundesliga in Europe has started. The Spanish League will be soon, waiting on the uh, the English Premier League. And uh, you'd think by the middle of... June, hopefully, uh, all the legs will be back on deck. Yeah. Dare say there won't be any supporters there, but uh, do you reckon that well, that's a fair call? La Liga is uh, scheduled to kick off uh, mid-June, as you said, 12th yep. of June, uh, but they're, they're not even back into full contact training uh, at this stage, so it's going to be uh, a pretty accelerated uh, training plan for them to, to get back into it, but look, I'm sure at that level, the, they've all been keeping up the fitness, and the, I mean, we even look at Melbourne City here in uh, in Australia with the A League that you know they've been going in in pairs to to work with groups so they can keep working well that's not groups it's pairs uh, to be able to get a touch at a ball so I'm sure these professional leagues have been doing some stuff uh, pretty similar. Well, let's hope so. But as I said, slowly. I mean, we've been waiting for weeks. We've been talking about this, but it's starting to get back together again. Hey, by the way, the women's game thanks to SA Power Networks, the team empowering women's football here in uh, South Australia. Uh, Aussies abroad, uh, Trav. What's been happening there? I see Taggart got his first wing in the K League. Yeah, Adam got, Taggart. That is got a Aussie. got a win, uh, but he didn't. A win is a win. He, he started didn't didn't get on the score sheet, so uh, he's still. Yet to really make his mark in uh, the second season of the K-League after he won the, the Golden Boot last year yeah. in a fantastic, fantastic season. That's a pretty good uh, effort, really, isn't it, getting the Golden Boot over abso- there? Absolutely. It is a strong league, yeah. so no doubt about it. So he played uh, just over 80 minutes in, in that game. Uh, Rashid Mahazi was uh, left out of uh, Incheon's match day squad. Um, they took on Suwon Blue Wings. Uh, Brandon O'Neill's, uh, we spoke about earlier, he played his part, started his second game against uh, FC Seoul as they went down 2-1. Uh, Jason Davison uh, was on the bench uh, against Busan Eye Park, uh, so he didn't get Did he any... start on the bench? Yeah, he didn't get any minutes. So yeah. I don't think he's played Is it last... spoke to us the week before? Well, Did we jinx him? They, well, they played, they played Pohang the week we spoke to him and yeah. they won, and then he hasn't played... Uh, didn't play the week after. Maybe it's the advice you gave him. That didn't work very well, did it? All right. Well, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening uh, overseas. Uh, well, thanks to Hyundai's end of season financial sale, which is on as I speak. you got to see it to believe it. Well, we've been talking about local football. We've been talking about overseas football. And, of course, the A-League. And to tell us a bit more about what's happening at Adelaide United is the uh, one of the assistant coaches there, and that's our good friend Eugene Galekovic. Eugene, it's always a pleasure. G'day, Dom. Travis, how are you? Uh, you just leave him alone because you already stuffed up Brandon O'Neill. Uh, Eugene, uh, what have you been doing in the last... Have you Are you back on deck or back at training or what's going on with you? Yeah. No, not yet. We're still uh, pretty much uh, in a holding pattern waiting uh, to see when we can kind of start training. Um, you know, there's, there's room in the middle of June to the end of June. Sometime between there, we'll, we'll be all back. So um, in rock capacity, probably, you know, in groups of 10 and stuff like that. But... Um, yeah, we're still still waiting for all the details to come out. I don't know if you do have all the details, but have the uh, uh, FFA been keeping the club up to date with what's going on? Because uh, from a punter's point of view, we've heard pretty much bugger all, really. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they're still trying to work out you know, agreements with Fox Sports, the PFA, and not much can be done until kind of that's all sorted. So... I think that's all in the process now. Um, I think they've got some kind of rough dates where they kind of want to finish the season, which is end of August, and 
when they want to start, you know, pre-season and, and start playing games. But in terms of uh, anything confirmed, I think they're still trying to get the finer details, like I said, from uh, Fox Sports and also um, agreements with the players, with the uh, PFA. Huge, is, is it frustrating as a being in a professional environment, seeing the AFL going back and how far advanced they are through this process, as well as the NRL to to the A-League still, I guess, sitting in on limbo. their hands. Yeah, not, not knowing. And is that is that partly due to the fact uh, that players, so many players around the league have been stood down and player contracts are ending uh, at the end of the, the month? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of frustration. I think, you know, like you said, the uncertainty uh, plays a big thing and it's not just sport. I think it's around the whole world. We've, you know, every situation going on. Everyone's in this situation where they're not sure what's going to happen. Obviously, in Australia, it's getting a lot better. But you know, if you if you just break it down to sport in Australia, you know, AFL obviously, uh, you know, schedule their games in and NRL as as well. And uh, you know, it'd be good to kind of get some clarity at, uh, ASAP, just so everyone knows kind of what's going on. But we're in the times right now that uh, you know they they were scary at one time, um, but. The, the good thing is they are getting better. So hopefully, you know, this week uh, there's more clarity around everything. Huge. Uh, there's massive rumours going around Adelaide that you're putting your hand up as uh, the new head coach. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. Actually, I have heard that. Yeah, you heard that as yeah. well. Eugene well, so told me. Told me. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, What's happening from from that perspective? Uh, as you may have heard, that I was on uh, a panel with uh, Ange Costanzo and Karuska to, five set, minutes. to set a criteria. It was a, it was a good meeting. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Did you get a free lunch? No. Coffee. You got a coffee. You went there and you weren't even going to get fed. I find that hard to believe. I got a coffee out of it, which yeah. was good. Okay. Uh, but has there been much talk of uh, the, the new coach and what that looks like moving forward? Even an interim coach? Yeah, I think um, I'm hearing, obviously, Carl will take over this season and... Um, you know, he's going to try to do the best he can. And uh, after that, I'm not sure, I think, uh, depending on how we go. Um, but I, I, I think that's further down the track. I think, you know, the club's more worried about finishing this season off um, with Carl as an interim. And then um, after that, then, um, you know, there'll be time for the club to make a decision. But, you know, I haven't heard too much. But, you know, that's what I'm hearing. So interim Carl to the end of the season, you as his assistant, will that be it? Uh, no, I'll, I'll keep the same role as, uh, you know, taking the goalkeepers um, and, and helping Carl out, Carl out as much as I can. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone will come in at the time. I think, like I said, the, the clarity of the season, uh, I think the club wants more clarity around what's happening with the season before they make any, any uh, you know, rash decisions. Well, we spoke to a lot of uh, different pl- people over the last few weeks on our program here on the Round Ball, uh, Eugene, and we've been advocating for a, uh, not only an Aussie one, but more importantly, a local one. Would you like to see a local coach take over as Adelaide United's head coach? Yeah, I think the main thing, you want the best candidate possible, um, whoever that is, um, and uh, you know, someone from Adelaide, someone from Australia, overseas. I think you look for the best candidate. I think right now... You know, if you know the best candidate probably is a South Australian. The situation we're all in, um, and, and there's a lot of good candidates around. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know Bruce and and, and the guys in the office are, are doing their research and, and looking for the best candidate. Um, you know, I think right now, I think you know there are, like I said, there are a, a few out there. So, um, you know, Tony Didmark, Carl Viet, um Joe Mullins done uh, very well down at Campbelltown. So, there's, there's a lot of names out there. It's about picking the right one and, and the right fit for the club. And just in closing, Eugene, down the track, would you like to see yourself as a head coach or are you just happy sort of being in the shadows and uh, just having the pizza after the game? <laughs> I don't think they do pizzas anymore. Oh, don't they? No. 
I'm looking. Uh, I just look forward to just looking after two or three boys. I think uh, you know, <laughs> twenty boys is a bit too much for me. So no, I like my role right now. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. So that's amazing. All right, been doing a lot of gardening around the house. Will you all your spare time? I am. I am. The house is uh, and neat fishing, and tidy. Yeah. And, fishing. Uh, no, no time for that. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, hopefully soon. All right, good on you, Eugene. Always good to catch up with you, mate. And let's hope we can get uh, get the ball rolling, literally. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks good, for your time. Good Cheers, on you, Eugene. Eugene. That's uh, Eugene Galekovic from uh, Adelaide United. Uh, yeah, you reckon? I reckon he'll, he he said to us that he's not that interested. Laid down the track. I'm saying, but surely, if you're coaching, you want to be a head coach, don't you? Or I mean, look at you. I mean, you pretend you don't, but I know you do. Look, I'm, I'm happy as, as an assistant coach at the NPL. Uh, there's, there's, uh, assistant coach doesn't do anything. You let the head coach take all the blame, and then you just sit they back. They also take all the credit. Eh? So, yeah, yeah so okay. I'm happy with that. I'm happy to play my part. You don't want to be a head coach. Behind the scenes. You, don't want to, you haven't got a good head for a coach, but you don't want to be a head coach. Well, no, I'm not really interested at this point in time. <laughs> at this point in time. That was the end line. <laughs> in other words, yes. Well, it's a long point in time. Uh, <laughs> uh, get back to your look, candy crush. I, look, I have been playing a lot of golf in in this COVID season. Okay, we're going to go. Forget it. I don't even want to hear about that. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back next uh, Wednesday at 5.30. All thanks to our good friends at uh, uh, Hyundai. End of season financial sale is on right now. Uh, say goodbye, Trav. Cheers, mate. Ciao.